podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to a special bonus edition of the Transfer Show. We're naming this one Half Term Report. May have something to do with my line of work. Podcasting to you from a field here in beautiful rural Ireland, I'm Trev Denny. And of course, for the Transfer Show, I am joined by Dave Davis. How are we, my man? Very well. Very glad to be back. Very much looking forward to this, my man. It's uh, it's a good one for us to do because the concept was we were kicking around a few ideas, as we often do with international breaks coming up uh, about what we might talk about. And uh, generally speaking, uh, I hold my hands up. Uh, Dave's the ideas man here. And I say, that sounds great. Let's do it. Uh, this one just happened to be on my mind because of the fact that I am looking towards uh, Halloween break and I can't wait for it. a nice little week off. Um in my what some people consider part-time job of being an educator uh, and of course we thought it might be an interesting quirk for a show in the international break to do a kind of half-term report on our signings and we're going to split the show into three kind of conversations we're going to have a little bit of a look back in terms of what we thought was going to happen what we had expected to happen and whether or not we might look again in january to address situations that's going to be our first little chat we're going to go through our four signings then player by player and have a little bit of a uh, like i say an assessment a review of their job so far and then we're going to have a look at the next chunk of fixtures bringing us through well as far as city let's say the city game uh, and have a little bit of a a look at that in terms again of how we're going to put this team of ours together um, and what areas are shouting out for recruitment this is the transfer show after all so let's start with the assessment so far Dave we are a little while uh, into the season and at the end of the summer window we had four midfielders in We had no defenders in, which I think was an area both of us felt needed addressing. We had no attackers in, which I think we were both okay with in terms of not strengthening necessarily there. We did, as you say here, predict that we hadn't really done enough in terms of the defence. And, you know, we felt that we were a bit short there. We also felt very much that we were short of a six and, you know, the, the the defensive area specifically we were all talking about was a left-sided defender. Now, Dave, allow me just to tee this up. I know I'm rambling a bit, but I need to tee it up because I want to get your take on a few things here that have been sort of really getting my goat. And as the season progressed and the Reds were 
if not pulling up trees, doing really well in terms of accru- uh, accumulating points until this recent run of one from six. We were really, really, really doing well. And it, there was only really the Chelsea result that was uh, a bit of a flattener uh, at the start of, 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 of the year. And I guess even though Chelsea were all at sea, you would ex- accept a point away at Chelsea. But I've noticed, Dave... A lot of crowing and cawing from the usual smug, absolutely tippity top red saying, oh, all these crying, whinging types said we needed a defensive midfielder. Well, now look, what do you think of this? All these people said we needed defenders. And now look, what do you think of this? And I'm sorry, but it's absolutely infantile observation because... In the last couple of games, we can see that we're crying out for exactly that. We have a good group of footballers who have taken a big uh, plaster and stuck it right across that kind of gaping wound there that is that area that needs addressing. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, that that needed addressing. We clearly were willing to throw ungodly amounts of money at it. So to turn around and say, well, Klopp didn't want a defensive midfielder, that is utter garbage so that's one point the second point is in terms of the defense i was saying at the start of the season we need andy robertson to have a big old season and an improvement of what he had been and he really started i thought very very well and had a couple of great games maybe trailed off a bit in the last couple and that's even with him being rested for european matches and we're seeing that it would be very nice if we had a proper challenger a real top class no harm to um old Simicus, but really top class challenger for robo there someone to spell in that would be good we're even seeing it a little bit on the other side of the fence as well so a long rambling intro. I got a lot of my chest there, but I'm just going to ask you before we get into the two particular questions we were going to ask, what's been your take on the reaction to our summer business, our summer signings as perceived by you via your various social media and mainstream media as well? Yeah, I've got to be honest. I largely agree with, with what you've said that there. there was a there was a feeling at the start of the season that, okay, we've got more legs, physicality, there's ability in that middle. So that's a positive, definitely. But you you did have those concerns, exactly as you put Trevor around that defence, the, the number six midfielder especially, or the lack of therein. So there was a few question marks. We went in hopeful, maybe not expectant, hopeful, I think is the, the right word. And listen, the boys from the start of the season, especially at certain games, which we all know, have shown a real fighting spirit, a brilliant mentality. And I'd actually go so far as to say that this Liverpool revolution, this Liverpool 2.0, Trev, these boys react better to adversity than any team in the league. It's, Christ, I never thought I'd have to see a season where we watched us play with 10 men or even nine so often. It's been mental in that regard, but... The reaction to adversity, and anyone who doubts that, Trev, anyone at all, look at the likes of City. Three games now without Rodri in a row, three defeats. You know, one person derails the whole system. We take a person off the pitch, and we're still fighting. We're still showing all the right things. So there were so many things. And at one stage, Trev, let's be honest, it was on the precipice of being an excellent start to the season. And Christ, if these last two, like you said, had gone the way, you'd be saying an exceptional start to the season. However, Spurs is is his own context completely, his own story, I get that. But 
Brighton was a bit of, I think just for those people, maybe a bit of the reality check as well. We did look a bit static, not right after the Thursday, Sunday. You looked at those positions, like you mentioned, McAllister in the six, who's, listen, he's doing a job that's a bit abnormal to him. We'll get onto it. But it really reopened those question marks, I think, for a lot of people. But again, it's trying not to be smug on the other side. It's nothing that we didn't say at the end of the summer, was it? So, yeah, a lot to be positive about, but the same old lingering questions, as it were. Well, that's interesting. So you're kind of landing where I landed in terms of those niggles are still niggles. So does that mean then, to have a look at the first of our two discussion points here, that you find yourself sticking with what you initially thought in terms of, the window had shut and we did a couple of shows after the closure of the window where we kind of said, okay, well, here's where we are and here's what I think we should have done and we're all hoping for the best. And as it was, the best was what we got largely until recent games where bad luck uh, was a big factor as well. Um, So do you find yourself sticking with your initial assessment then of the summer window or has anything happened to change your mind like for example i don't know if you've been privy to this but i certainly have across my timeline there's all sorts of forgive me now lads if you're listening to the show but i think almost galaxy brain chat about how alexis McAllister is in fact a wonderful lad to have in the number six role and um here are some stats to prove it um and I, I find myself bright, bridling hard against that. It's not, that's not, that does not pass the smell test or the eye test, in my opinion. I think Mac is a wonderful footballer and I wish we could just see him doing Mac things and Mac things only. Um, I really appreciate him for taking on this role uh, and the bravery that he shows. I mean, after the concession of the goal there the other day where Virgil gave him hospital pass surrounded by three footballers. Absolutely insane thing to do by Virgil van Dijk, if we're being perfectly honest. And all that happened was Twitter was ablaze a with McAllister's rubbish nonsense. Uh, he continued to receive the ball uh, with, facing his own goal uh, with eight or nine lads around him and played his way through uh, their lines and held and retained possession I admire this kid immensely. He's clearly a wonderful footballer. But I am finding myself landing exactly where I was. I no, I've seen nothing to change my end of window assessment that, yeah, clearly we needed a defensive midfielder. Please put your galaxy brain away and stop talking nonsense. It's still absolutely a necessity. Clearly we could do it, at least one more defender and hopefully a guy who's left-sided who could have the energy of a Robertson and maybe a little bit more defensive solidity at times, maybe a tall guy who's an aerial presence as well. Those kind of things are still the two things that I find myself wishing that we had that I think would really make a huge difference to this squad. Where are you landing in terms of, has anything changed? Has anything tweaked in terms of your end of window assessment of how we'd done and now, several weeks into the season. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats 
to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. And sounding like I'm at a Tory party conference in Manchester, there's a yes and a no element to this, being honest. So I, I'm not finding myself changing, which I know is a double negative there, but I'm still, like you, the underlying parts of probably needed a, a better six. You know, That's not trying to dig Endo out, so to speak, but that still lingers there. Defensive options or lack of reinforcements, that still lingers there as well. You know, and I think that that unfortunately, and um, I want to be honest, I'm desperate to be proved wrong on this. Because obviously, you want them all to, to smash it and have a great season. But I think that will come in in a few games. I think you're going to see that almost like 17-18. I do think some games will destroy teams because of what we've got going forward. But I do think there'll be games where you might look at it and just to pick it a random one, but something like we end up drawing like 3-3 against the Nottingham Forest or something. You think... How the fuck have we ended up there just because of the lack of defensive stability? And on that, Trev, just to be clear, there's been one clean sheet in the league against Aston Villa. You know, so that I know there's context to that around 10 men, different things. But keep that in mind. Think how good a season Allison's have, but he's got one clean sheet. And, you know, there's a there's a root cause options that trace back to that. So that doesn't change my mind at all. Positives that have surprised me, though, and I want to be honest on this. I didn't think some of the players we brought in would be as good as they are. One especially for me is lighting it up beyond belief at the moment, but there's a couple there as well. I also didn't think that we necessarily, like I say, have this fight, this mentality, I thought, especially because it's such a sea change from last season. I mean, last season, you look at those games where we were 10 men, we'd have got pumped, Trev. Let's be honest about that. You know, in that regard. So the new signings have just really revitalised, given that lift. So there is positives there. And I think it's important to say there's pleasant surprises there without doubt. However, the niggling underlying things like you still there, mate, got to be honest. Yeah. And, and in those particular areas that we spoke about, and, and I wonder, um, what the necessity is for fellas to have to always try to be scoring points. It's, it's, it, 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 I find it, I find it incredibly tedious to watch and, and I, I wouldn't even mention it only it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. <laughs> My entire Twitter timeline is full of lads doing told you so's. And I just, <laughs> they are the most tedious set of lads ever. I fair play to them, but I just don't see how it floats anyone's boat. I want to talk about another area here as well, just before we kind of move to our next section, because obviously, Dave, if you feel that there are issues that need addressing, well, then the next opportunity to address those issues is January. And I listened to um, my county man, Dave Hendrick, on a daily basis or as often as he does his daily red podcast. And Dave has been banging the drum for hopefully we'll do 
the defensive midfielder thing in, in January and maybe one other signing as well. And that's he's he's talking himself into the possibility of at least one and, and, and possibly two. And I not sure I have the same faith that that will happen. Um, obviously, you have to have a little bit of hope that it will happen. And I do. And so. When I think about will we will we be having a look again in January, I'm really hoping that there is something in train that perhaps couldn't have got done in the summer, but could get done now in terms of a defensive midfielder, even if it is only uh, a, a pre-contract with some guy um, uh, who's, who's going to be uh, maybe less expensive this time around or something else. So do you feel that we're going to go again in January? And if so... Here we are with the transfer show in a in a in a strange space in the middle of the of the the closed window period. So let's humor ourselves and speculate. Are you hearing any rumors? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? January talk, and we're moving towards it already. So crazy rumors will be starting anytime soon. It will literally be the witching season on certain things, Trev. There's no two ways about it. But the name that just keeps recurring and it's recurring from various sources. I've got to be honest about this. Andre at Fluminese, Trev, that name just keeps popping up with a, a good few sources. Even Tim Vickery, the South American football expert, mentioned him today that he he does expect him to end up at Liverpool. That's what his sources are telling him. Ian Doyle from the Echo was mentioning that, you know, Liverpool have not withdrawn interest. The usual patch journals that we know have mentioned him as well. Liverpool have a definitive interest in this player still. I don't think I don't doubt that for one second. That doesn't, as we know, obviously mean he arrives at Anfield, but that is the interest. Now, the one thing I would say, Trev, on this is a lot of people say he's the sixth then. That solves it. I want to be clear on this. I, I'm no South American football expert, but I've spoken to a fair few. You know, we've both done pods. We, you know, we, we've spoken to those people. What they're being very clear on is. Andre could play in a double pivot, but he is not an out-and-out destroying number six. Very much more in the sort of Tiago, the progressive controller role, as they say. Yes, he's having a brilliant season for Fluminense. He's their main man. He's one of the main reasons, if not the main reasons, or reason why they've got to the Copper Libertadores final. He's really shining. So, that brings its other danger that, yes, he's looking great. And yes, because of his contract at least close, he could be picked up at a, a perceived bargain. I, mean, you know, I never know how much 30 to 40 million is a bargain nowadays, but a perceived bargain, let's put it that way. But it also draws the attention naturally of other big clubs, other big sharks coming into the water, so to speak. So he is the one. I think they will revisit that. And especially, Trev. As a few journals have mentioned at the same time, there's a bit of uncertainty around Endo and him going to the, potentially, I should say, going to the Asian Cup with Japan that way. Salah, yeah, the African nations, but it's not like, you know, if Andre comes, he's going to play up top, so to speak. But there's potential of, you know, what do you do? Does the boss lie push up higher? All those types of things. So I do think Andre gets revisited. That's the only tangible name we can really say at this time. Probably like any other listeners, we could all read rumours. We've all heard them on pods, but tangible, he's the only name. I think he could be a great player. I really mean that from what I'm hearing and the, the bits I've seen, because naturally we've all probably taken a bit of an interest in the Copa Libertadores. But do I think he's the out-and-out six, the destroyer, the defensive mind we're looking for? 
doesn't quite fit that profile for me, Trev, being honest. From what you from what you're hearing, and again, I I I I'd love to say that I've done my homework here, um, but I don't even know where I'd have time to do this homework in my life at the moment, in terms of watching this kid play and how he operates in a team. But from what you're suggesting there, is there potentially a, a recreation possibility of the Brighton system that um, Mac and and um, the lad who we nearly spunked all our money on, uh, in terms of would he work well in a double pivot? I wonder with Andre, with McAllister Andre as, uh, as that kind of dov- double pivot, would that be a potential thing is i wonder is that the big uh game plan that's been there all along it's 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 an interesting one i don't know what what's 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 your thoughts on that that's it funny enough i asked that exact question almost to a few of the south american sort of guys is, is this almost a, a recreation if you want of caicedo McAllister? because obviously we didn't get caicedo all that is that an option and what they were honest and said no, the, the lightnesses with Caicedo aren't really there. He's definitely more of a Thiago-style progressive controller. And he can win the ball. He can put his foot in, as it were, occasionally. But that's not his natural game. It's very much about picking it up deep, making things tick over, keeping you know, the, the pace. Almost one, one South American pundit put it as almost a, a metronome he is at times. Very much like, again, keep saying it, but a Thiago. So it's not that he... He couldn't do it, so to speak, Trev. Don't get me wrong, is what's been insinuated, but not his natural all-out destroyer type that I think a few may be looking for, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think what Klappo would want in his team, if he was the sole um, decision-maker on this, and, of course, there's very... There's all sorts of schools of thought about the level of influence that other voices may have on Klopp when it comes to both tactics and recruitment. And, 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 and it's feeding in very much, and it will feed in very much to the success of this season. Because despite, as you said, the incredible efforts of these kids that we have currently wearing the red shirt uh, in the face of adversity, if you keep trying to um, shoehorn systems that aren't necessarily working or leave us exposed looking um, or if you try to shoehorn players into positions that are going to leave us exposed when they shouldn't really be playing in those positions, you're going to have a period of time where several results go badly and you're on a bad run as opposed to a good run. So that's a different type of adversity that I hope we don't have to face, but it feels like it might happen. With that in mind, the other area that we talked about was defence. And I heard Dave today chatting about a couple of lads and they were the a couple of the same old names that you've heard before. But again, I think from my limited ex- exposure, and I know you're far more um, hooked into the matrix here than I am in terms of connections to journals and all the rest of it. But the defender rumours, as far as I can see, have gone pretty quiet. I haven't heard a whole lot there. Anything to speak of that's floating around in that particular realm? No, and I almost wish I could say the opposite, but it is a pretty hard no from what I'm hearing. And please let me be clear when I'm saying this, Trev and everyone. I hope come January those that can you know proves completely unfounded. But it's important to say from obviously asking around all the 
the noises, if you want to call it that, from Liverpool side are, you know, happy with defence and especially, especially happy with how young Jarrell Quance has done, which I think, to be fair, it's important. And I would acknowledge that as well. You know, he's done so well. He looks such a, a talent and there's real potential. But talking in the here and now, I would like to have heard some names or at least something be close. There's still plenty of time, but as it stands right now, nothing concrete. Got to be honest on that. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think Tadebo was one of those names that uh, that uh, Dave was mentioning today. But again, it, they are very much, uh, he's trolling around to see what anyone's saying anywhere. And quite often, he'll tell you that the, the sources are less than reputable. So it could, and it probably is, people just making hay and trying to get a few clicks. Uh, it's an interesting one because, because of course, with this show having the bent that it has, we, we we do want to sort of, we want to lean into as many rumours as possible. It's quite revealing, I think, um, how little rumours there are because, I, again, maybe it's just paranoia on my part, but I see them with other clubs, not necessarily, though, alas, with us at the moment. Um, there's... And another area that we want to look at, and I guess this was really what was going to be the crux of the show anyway, and that's to look at the guys that we did get in and give them their due and give them their review and say how they have gotten on so far in a kind of half-term report fashion. So let's just do that. We'll knock over the skills one by one. And I'm going to go with the order that you have them in here, which I think if you look at it, is probably a, a giveaway in that it is the order in which you would uh, rate their effectiveness and contribution so far as well. So at the very top, no surprise, is Dominic Zabozlai. And we're going to start there in a second, but actually I've just had a brainwave and remembered something that I wanted to say to you. You mentioned young Gerald Kwanzaa, another one of the people who was inspiring comments about, huh, so you wanted to sign defenders. Well, look at that. That was the plan all along. Was it? Was it? I mean, yes, as you often said on the show, Kloppo knows his squad better than we do. And maybe he had that in mind all along. But um, you can never be 100% sure that a kid is going to have a success in a first team um, until you see them do it. And he hadn't... He'd, he was making debuts in this season. So his level of success is through the roof. And 
absolutely could not be uh, relied upon or guaranteed. So again, I just think that that kind of chat is just absolutely reductive and kind of insulting to people who are just trying to have a conversation about what the what might make us better and therefore win more trophies, which is all we give a shit about. Back to Dom Sabozlai. Sorry about that little rant, Dave. Dom Sabozlai is quite possibly the greatest footballer of all time. Does that sound a bit over the top? I don't care. Absolutely love this kid. He seems to have the lot. Um, I wish Kloppo wouldn't play him on the left when he's absolutely running the league on the right-hand side. The athleticism is one thing. The sort of presence that he has in the pitch, the vision with his passing, the running power, the shooting power, the speed clocked as I think the second fastest Prem speed ever. This kid has it all. I think the Gerrard comparisons are no good to him or to Stevie G. Let him just be Dom Sabozlai who may well be our new leader going into a term of great success. That's what I would be hoping for, that Sabozlai will be the name that doesn't need any comparisons or warrant any comparisons. You can see why people are doing it, but honestly, this kid is that has the potential for sure to be one of the very greatest that we've had in that position in the midfield. I could not be more enthused by him, Dave. And it's it's it. I don't think I'm over-egging it there because there's, there's there's a body of work there now to back up the things that I'm saying, both before he came to Liverpool and since when he's done what he's done in the red shirt. Couldn't be higher in this kid. And so far for me, the 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 the, the big high point of my season is watching this lad play every week. It, it's almost hard not to be religious about this player, Trev. I mean. You watch him and it brings to mind the quiet words of St. Francis of Assisi to Peter the Apostle when he looked around and said, what a fucking boy, because this player is special, Trev. This player is just <laughs> unreal. He is a Greek god, a Spartan. Literally, if Hollywood held casting calls and said, someone get me a Spartan to play the lead role, they would just send this photo through, Trev. And what they would say is, we can't get him, boss. Why can't you get him? He's a Hungarian footballer. Lad, I don't care if he's a Bulgarian contortionist. This boy is a walking, talking demigod. He's got it all, Trev. Pace, athleticism, power. He can play the 10. He can play the 8. In fact, if you're deadly honest, Trev, because of the sendings off, if someone said to me, who's been the best number six at Liverpool this season, I'd probably say Dominic Zabozlai, because when he's had to go there almost, when we've had one less man on the pitch, he has been sensational. And that's happened a few times against Bournemouth. It happened against Newcastle. Also, when we needed the game changed in the second half against Wolves, he dropped deep as well. There is nothing this boy seemingly can't do. He's literally got it. All even the uh, the Brighton game, which some people and I kind of understand this said it says you know probably is least effective because I don't want to say bad or worst performance. Christ, he still got a penalty, didn't he? Trev getting pulled back. How we were going to a whole other debate about how that wasn't a red card, but that's maybe for a different day. But this boy is literally the second coming, and it sounds strange, but I never thought in my life I would say. A 70 million euro release cause, a.k.a. about 61 million sterling, looks 
an absolute snip. Top class crowd. Top so class. he is so good, man. And by the way, first of all, a hundred points to you for managing to shoehorn Hollywood Greeks, Spartans, gods, and. Uh, Please give me your version of the Bible because I, wherever these quotes are coming out of, I need to read this version. Uh, top marks for all of that stuff. But it, it, it is, it's, it's been a joy. It's just been a joy. It's hard not to be, it's hard not to be just mightily enthused by this kid um, and what he can do with a football and what the effect he can have on a team as well. You, you, we, we talked, there was a lot of debate about the, the leadership and the team and captaincy and who gets the armband and blah, blah, blah. And, Look, I'm delighted that Trent got his opportunity. I don't think there's anybody except Virgil van Dijk that you could possibly have given that armband to. Nothing else makes sense to me except Virgil van Dijk, um, assuming that he's going to stay fit enough to be um, in our team for a couple of seasons yet. Um, but I was glad to see Trent get it because I think it'll have a positive effect on him. We saw a great interview with him um and the lad from LFC TV whose name escapes me and Jan Mulby actually talking about what an effect that had on him and Jan was very impressed because it just seemed to have a very uh I think galvanizing effect on Trent but Dom doesn't need an armband most of these kids don't Alexis McAllister doesn't need an armband you know we've got a load of leaders left right and center uh, some who actually wear the armbands for their country uh, they're proper leaders and it says a lot that he stands out amongst all of those kids uh, all, all of those incredibly incredibly talented fellas he stands out and uh, it's 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 um it's not often Dave, that's what we really have to say here. It's not often you get to celebrate a signing like this. I think Liverpool fans are breaking their necks trying to do it with Darwin Nunes. It's such a thrill to be in the ground and see how much everybody in the stadium loves Darwin Nunes and wants him to do well. I've never, I haven't seen anything like that for quite a while. It's instant cult hero, fan favourite thing. But it's different with Dom. Dom is just one of those players who we're going to now expect a high level of because he just does it every single game. Unfortunately, Darwin hasn't yet. He's getting there. But Dom, from minute one, outrageously good. And I suppose then, if we're going to, we, we should do this in a sort of way that we can uh, clearly assess it. So give me your mark out of 10 for his performances to date and remember we're only talking about this sample size of the season up to and including the the Brighton game oh, so Boz Light out of 10 I'm going to round down slightly because you should be critical to 97,642 <laughs> and I will burn down the house of anyone who argues differently Trev insane that boy has been well, we, what we'll do is, for argument's sake, we'll both we'll say we both gave Dom an unequivocal ten each there on that. Uh, Alexis McAllister's up next, a, a lad who has started to have some detractors, I think, which is a little bit unfortunate. Um, it was quite revealing to see my Twitter timeline, um, which, to be clear, now under the um, auspices of um, old. Uh, space gimp means that I won't just see people that I follow. It's all sorts of 
numb nuts popping up on my timeline all the time. But the immediate reaction to the goal concession was all about McAllister. Oh, for God's sake. And at the time, I thought, well, that's not McAllister's fault. That's a stupid pass. And at least he was brave enough to show for it. And the guy nipped in ahead of him. I mean, yeah, he could be more aware. But, you know, it, it just seemed like a daft thing. But a lot of people on his back immediately. And I think that's because we have a lot of gloom and doom and naysayers and people who are just waiting for shit to happen so they can, again, say, told you so or whatever. Almost like the opposite of the other lads that I was talking to you about. There are also lads who are out there waiting for McAllister to do badly so they can say, ha, told you so. Uh, you know, again, the worst set of fellas, really. I have been mightily impressed by Alexis McAllister's bravery, um, by his technique. Um, actually got to see him live. And the most impressive thing about him was his mobility. He breaks the lines. He gets around the park. He really does shuttle around the place. He's got a good engine. And that was a real bonus for me to see. And it really hit home being able to sit there in the Kenny and look down at him and say, and I was, I was very much watching him um, against West Ham. And I thought he was just tremendous, just really, really good in terms of that, those aspects of the game as well. Now, we're not seeing the best version of him so far because of what he's being asked to do. And I find that really, really uh, sad uh, and, and, and unfortunate. And it feels like we should have a little asterisk beside our rating here for McAllister because of that, if you know what I mean, because he's being asked to do a role and he's so proud to do it for Jurgen and has absolutely no bones about it. Like some players, you, you can tell they don't want to do something or they make little moany comments. Not, not Alexis. He's, yeah, yeah, the manager wants me to do it. I'm really happy to do it. I'm looking, I'm trying my best and so on and so forth. So you could not fault his effort in the in the main i don't think you can fault anything about his 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 uh, performances much either but clearly in terms of defensive nous uh which is what we were really looking for in that team in terms of a ball winner uh, <clears throat> a destroyer that's not what you're going to get from Alexis McAllister. And that's fine. And again, a lot of galaxy brains saying we don't need that. We just need someone who's going to recycle possession and so on and so forth. Whatever. I think in terms of where he's doing his job, I'm very, very impressed with, like I say, the bravery and the application. Um, he is not designed uh, to play there. I'd love to see him being free to do the things that he's better at doing. Um, whether that was to give him a partner in there in a double pivot or to allow him to move forward into an A position where he's was a world beater for Argentina, quite literally. Um, so that would be my tee up on on Mac. Loving him. Loved watching him live. It gave me an extra insight into what it is that he does during a game. And I think if we can address that in January, that situation in the team, we'll see a lot more of him and from him in terms of the more productive end uh, of the park. Hard to fault his efforts. So I'd be quite high on McAllister too, possibly higher than most people. Where are you on him? It's the old, you're trying to put a rhombus peg in a square hole type of job for this one, Trevor. I agree wholeheartedly with everything that you said. I really do. I think, listen, 
Klopp loves him. They obviously talk about his favouritism, almost like he's, he's his boy, teacher's pet, that type of thing. The squad love him. There's so much to really like about him as well. And, and the, the key context, as you kind of really called out there fairly, Alexis McAllister has never professed to be an outright six. I also suspect, we'll never really know, but I'd strongly suspect that when he had the discussions about coming to Liverpool, this role was not mentioned. It's almost a product of circumstances more than anything. So I think that context is absolutely great. On a couple of things, as you said, he was excellent against West Ham. That pass, you know, the lofted almost chip ball through for Nunez's excellent finish shouldn't be ignored. Again, when he gets into a slightly higher advanced area, that's what he can do. He also had a, like, a good game against sort of Villa, other ones as well. So that, that should not be ignored. I think the, the slight struggles I would say he has had have been in context that, yeah, he's playing in a slightly unfamiliar position. So I do think occasionally, and it's not regularly as some people seem desperate to shout out. That's just not true. Occasionally he's been caught out, occasionally almost dithering potentially at, at times, but it's not a regular thing. And again, it's with that asterisk, it's against that context, as you say, Trev. What what we really want to see with Alexis McAllister is naturally in play on that left side, higher up, almost that eight into ten, and really getting that chance to feed the balls in, play people through, all that type of thing. So I think he's done quite well. Not outstanding, but as you said, the context behind this is everything. Why, why people are trying to sort of Play it, play him down in a way. He didn't choose to to pick that. If anything, if you want to, you know, take anyone on, take it to you know to town on Jurgen for that. Realistically, but good, not great. Price is still thirty five million. That in context, I still think we've got a player there, Trevor. I don't know why people are getting on his back. He's doing his best. Good, not great would be my synopsis. I like that because it's uh, reminiscent of what um, Irish media pundit and one-time legend in his own lifetime, Eamon Dunphy, used to say, he's a good player, but he's not a great player. And that's pretty much exactly where uh, you would go in terms of performance with Mac as well. I think it's a good summary. His performance have been good, but not as great as we would like. And again, all in the context of what he's being asked to do. So because of that, and in a very kind of cynical nod towards my own desire to see him play where he should be playing, I'm going to give him an eight if you see what I've done there. So what about you? I was going to go, and I'm not going to change, seven. A solid seven for me. Love it. Let's talk Ryan Gravenberg, because we have to hold our hands up and say that both of us in deference to people whose opinions that we respect and uh, who had certainly more experience of watching Ryan Gravenberg than I think either of us had, we were a little bit flattened by the concept of Ryan Gravenberg signing um, from the beginning of the summer. And it was one of those ones that as the transfer show went on from you know early June to late August, it was like, I suppose we were going to talk about Ryan Gravenberg again then, uh, which, you know, it was it was one of those. And of course, lo and behold, on the very last day, at least they gave us something to talk about. And there he was, a signing. And I think you and, and, and I both were like, 
I really hope this kid just pulls up trees left, right and centre. I hope he's fantastic. And it was very heartening to see the media stuff with him. He seems like a good lad, um, which, again, was one of those things that was getting whispered uh, because it always does. There's always someone saying, oh, attitude problem about every footballer. But I do think he does seem particularly to be a, a, a smiley, positive presence. Him pulling out of Dutch squad so he can get his bearings and 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 be part of the the Liverpool setup and 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 really kind of get his feet under the table. I, I lo- loved all that and I've loved what I've seen of him in terms of interviews and bits and bobs. Seems to have blended right in as well. Obviously, he'll have a couple of pals there uh, in terms of. Uh, the Dutch connection, but also just in terms of, I think immediately he just seems to be one of those guys who's uh, most people will warm to, um, which is very typical of Klopp's recruitment. You have to say the no dickhead policy, people might sneer at it uh, and do because they don't know what they're talking about. But I think it's a marvelously important thing and it helps with the whole chemistry and atmosphere in any squad, which is one of those intangibles, Dave. But our man Ryan seems to have blended right in since he's taken to the field. uh, Again, I've been more than pleasantly surprised. I think there's a lot to come from this footballer. Uh, I I really like them. To the extent, I'll be honest with you, I was hoping he would have started in midfield alongside Dom and Alexis uh, against Brighton. But unfortunately, uh, Jurgen went with Harvey in that particular situation. Um, I I, I think there's a lot to like. He's tremendously progressive. I I love his, I think he's got tremendous touch. He's obviously got power in terms of his running ability. He's got that pace. He can see a pass. He can finish. Um, It's a question of what's not to like about this lad. And again, I think compared to a lot of people, I'm always willing to hold up my hands and say, well, my down downbeat uh, uh, sort of uh, take on his arrival, I'm so glad to see him change that entirely. I couldn't be more high on this player now. I really, really, nothing but time for him. And there was never a case, it was never going to be a case of any prejudice. It was just, I was a bit flat because people were informing me that this guy wasn't really what we wanted and couldn't really do the things that we needed. And I guess as well, he suffered, didn't he, Dave? Because he wasn't our big destroyer six that we wanted. He wasn't going to be £111 million like the lad we wanted. So he was always on the loser there in terms of just the initial reaction to him. But I think he's done the job to settle in. He's taken his time to settle in. And now he looks like a very valuable squad member indeed. So needless to say, I'm going to be throwing out generous marks here again, I think. But what's what's been your um, evolving, shall we say, approach to Ryan Gravenberg? Oh, Trev, there's a there's a small slice of humble pie being eaten by me, mate. But I just hope it carries on that we're ladling it a bigger slice with custard and the lot on it because I am really excited about this player. I almost pinch myself when I see some of the things he's he does at times that he's only 21 years old but like you said the athleticism the sort of the running power you know you can see he just eats up the the grass he really does just over and about the pitch it's so impressive the touch at times as well it really is like excellent in tight places and one thing I've really noticed is 
he's great at winning fouls at good times. You know, just getting a, a free kick when he's in a pressurised situation, a quick turn, all those types of things. But it's not just that tight space. Like you said, uh, the threat he brings. I mean, in three starts, he had two assists and a goal. You know, and even in that Union SG game, which was a pretty turgid affair, I thought he was the one that was thinking, yeah, you know, fair play. You've really brought something to, to this contest as well. And even his assist, it was brilliant, that one for Diaz when he was the, the last. <laughs> Probably the weirdest thing is, it was a horrendous miss against Brighton, wasn't it? That almost open goal when he racks it off the bar. I know some people say he was stretching, but you really should bury that. That's the only thing I can kind of level at him as a negative so far this season. But I'm like you. I wanted him to start against Brighton at the weekend. I thought we looked better with him on, you know, when Harvey went off at half time. I, there is so, so much to like about this player. And what's most impressive and most hopeful at the same time for me is it's a it's a high standard we're seeing so far. And the ceiling is absolutely insane with this kid. I really am hoping that come the end of the season, we are sat here going, Christ, we picked that boy up for like 30-odd million. We have absolutely had Bayern's pants down that way. But... Yeah, really impressive start. And it is a start. That's the context. You know, we've got to keep it going. And obviously, he's going to get opportunities. But a really, really good start, mate. Really good start. And I think because it's a good start and he's a little bit behind the curve in terms of Dom and Alexis went straight into the team and we've seen lots and lots of minutes from the two lads it almost feels like a little asterisk here as well so my my rating for Gravenberg so far is going to be a seven the asterisks indicates that I think by the end of the season it will be higher if you understand what I'm saying we've got a more of a sample size um so it's not an ungenerous seven it's a seven because I can't give him the same mark as I gave Alexis McAllister uh, and, uh, you know, realistically speaking, I do think there's more to come from him. I think he's going to earn a higher one by the end of the season. So it's a seven with a nod towards hopefully him winding up at least one by the end of the season, which would be, I'll tell you what, that would be quite the hit rate for our new boys if we get that much from the first three that we've talked about. What about you in terms of a a, a figure, just so we can put something tangible on how you're assessing him? Yeah, I went eight, and may, maybe part of that because I was uh, not the most generous, shall we say, towards him before we signed him and what my expectations were. But yeah, I think uh, an A really has pleased me. Definitely more to come, totally accept that, to, you know, to maybe keep that mark or push higher. But yeah, I'd stick by an A for Ryan. I don't know about you, right, but I'm, I'm having a quick look at the clock here, man. And we have been going for 48 minutes or so at this stage. So I think this endo chat is going to take a bit of time. And I think what we might do is, if it's OK with you, we might push that section um, where we're going to look at the next chunk of fixtures and talk about the makeup of the midfield and what we might do around that to our inevitable second show that we're going to do together over the next fortnight. What do you reckon to that? Yeah, makes sense because there is a lot to unpack with the endo situation, as I've called it as well. Yeah, sounds fair. I, I think so. I, we'll shoehorn it in because it's a good discussion to have uh, in terms of looking forward to things and we can sort of justify it under our transfer banner if we want and if not, we can maybe fit it into a different show uh, as one of our topics 
Yeah, let's get to Endo because Endo is almost in a way like the anti-Gravenberg because I think when I, when we signed Endo, yes, it might have been a little bit underwhelming, but I guess a lot of the uh, hipsters were saying, this is a great lad, what a fantastic signing this is. Uh, uh, a, a, a very solid citizen who's, you know, done great things in the Bundesliga, is a, is a, a, a very well-established, what, 50-odd cap international. What a get by Liverpool, what a get. And I think people were expecting that even though um, he might necessarily be the starting six, that he would be very much a very solid citizen who could come in and do a job for us. The expectation, sorry, the hope was that it would be Endo and AN other of a Ducure variety who would come in. Now, it was Endo and Gravenberg, which meant that there was an awful lot of pressure all of a sudden on Endo when he signed. And we all saw the video that Kloppo did. It's almost comical in retrospect, where he was talking to Endo, his first meeting with him in front of the camera, and he's like, we really need you. You've seen the team, it's attacking. We really need you. We need your, your legs and we need your, your, your ability to tackle and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he wasn't wrong. And it is very much what we need. Sadly, the opening showings from Endo, he seemed a bit out of his depth in terms of whether it was the pace or physicality or whatever. It just looked as though 50% of the time he was struggling a little bit. And then the next, the other 50%, he was doing solid citizen things on the ball and stuff like that. For me, with each uh, outing and each uh, opportunity he got, he seemed a little bit better. And he may well be in the Andy Robertson bracket of needing time to get up to speed and playing the way that we want to play and being coached to do the things that we want him to do. And he may well end up being a success story yet. I really have high hopes for that um, because I feel like we might need him. I don't have the high levels of hope that we're going to get that destroyer center half or center mid in uh, in January. I think that's probably a longer term project. And even if Andre does come in, as you said, he's not really that either. So I think there will be opportunities for Endo to play and perhaps a necessity for Endo to play and maybe allow McAllister to uh, not have to be the one carrying this can all the time. And I think there's signs that the more times he gets to play, the better he will get. I think there's been a definite improvement in terms of his presence in the team. I liked him in the European game. I wondered, though, why he was withdrawn at halftime and assumed it was because he was going to play. He was going to get his big start against Brighton. He was going to sit in the six and allow the two lads to be uh, ahead in attacking, more attacking roles, and they were going to be a unit together. But that's not what happened at all. That's not what happened at all. And I wonder then, I find myself asking the obvious question, is he Andy Robertson? In other words, needing time and uh, being sort of, uh, you know, uh, molded behind the scenes into a first teamer. Or is he just not impressing? And that's a very real possibility because we've seen it happen with players before where Klopp just doesn't fancy them uh, from what he sees in training. I'm 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 very torn on Endo. I really want the kid to succeed. I do see some signs, definite signs of improvement in terms of what he can contribute to the team, but he's going to have to get those minutes in order for us to see them regularly. 
I'm not confident he's going to get them, especially given the way that he decided to go against Brighton, where Harvey Elliott started in midfield ahead of Endo. Talk to me about this, man. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes, and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. It's, a, it's an interesting one because it's fascinating for us, Trev. It really is in the sense of what we're thinking and all the subplots involved. But I suppose Hollywood's not really looking at picking up the curious case of Wataru Endo. But if you look at the things that we're seeing, the things that have been said, I, I agree with everything you mentioned there. That clip with Clock, you know, even laughing, giggling about how attacking we were. You thought, yeah, understand fully, this boy's here to do the ugly stuff. But he's only actually started one league game. That's all he started against Newcastle. And if you look at his first ones early doors, that Bournemouth, he comes on when we're 10 men. Newcastle, we then go down to, to 10 men as well. So you think, you know, OK, it's going to take him a bit of time. And since then, it's almost like, to link it back to another, McAllister comes into the six. And it's just been, for whatever reason, like you say, there's that uncertainty. Does he not fancy him? Is it a Fabinho, Andy Robbo-style situation where he needs to get up to speed and he's got those types of things, more training? But there's just a bit of uncertainty around the whole situation. Now, I'm, I'm a big one for, at the moment, the way I see it, Klopp is trying to get his best players onto the pitch, i.e. that's what he's looking at. How can I get my best players onto the pitch? And that is facilitating people playing out of position. Whereas I, for me, I would like to see him get his best team on the pitch. That's not always the best players as we know, Trev. It's not always the same thing. So I think there's a little bit of sympathy for, for Endo in the sense of how it's worked out, what Jurgen Klopp's trying to do when he's come into the team or when he's arrived, the change, not playing in pre-season, the Trent experiment, all, all these things sort of add up to the, the real context for me. Additionally, at the same time, I think he's done okay in these kind of cup games, the Europeans. He's not been sensational, I wouldn't say, but especially against Leicester that second half, you just start to feel right. He's getting a bit more to, to grips with this whole thing. That was probably his best showing. And like you said, it was utterly, utterly bizarre that it's a planned substitution, okay, with the others like Salah, and Darwin, yeah, he doesn't start against Brighton. So what was the plan? No one's quite sure of that. So 
I would like to see him get more minutes. I also think that it is such a specialist position, number six, that, okay, maybe he's not going to be quite as progressive. And and he's talked in a few interviews, Endo, about how Klopp's told him to be, you know, not as close to the centre-half, push on more. And I, okay, that, that, I get that, but if it's not his natural game, it is what it is. What we need is him to play his natural game. We need someone to kick it, head it, block it, put the gum shield in and break it up, do the ugly stuff. Be the, as we hear the saying, Trev, the piano carrier in the nicest way. You know, give it to the, the conductors, the ones who really play the music. But I feel a bit sorry for him in that sense. I think all the fair things are asking about getting up to speed. There are question marks, understandably, but... I'm not going. I don't know why there's this desperate need at the moment to pan him from certain quarters. But fingers crossed, we're having a different conversation in a month or two. But I'm not going to go in on him just now. A slow start, but not going in on him. I, I, as a result, I think the 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 figure that I'm going to put on Endo uh, to date is kind of reflective of that. I think his worst performance was around a five because, like I said. He would do some good things and then he would maybe get monstered in a tackle or look a bit sort of all at sea. Um, And then I think his best was probably, you're right, that showing against Leicester where he was probably a solid seven. And as a result, I'm going to give him the midway mark between the two of those. And again, it's to date. And as you say, we hope it's going to evolve. But for me, just on what we've gotten so far, and again, I'm kind of aware I'm being possibly edging towards the generous on all of these. But hey, what can I tell you? I'm a giver. Uh, I think it's probably a six for me. Yeah, that that is the exact mark I've got written down. It's a six, which is not a... I think the, the ones who are straight into the fives are desperate to pan, pan him. I think the ones who are straight up to a seven, I think that would be a bit too generous. But yeah, it's it's a fair reflection and let's hope it moves in the right way. Well, it, that kind of brings us to where we needed to go on this show. And it's actually, as as ever with the two of us, talking the hind legs off donkeys, we've actually whittled a full hour out of two thirds of our plan. And that's exactly where we're going to leave it. But it has been very, very interesting to talk it through each of our new signings and what we thought in terms of the window and what we might do in January. Uh very, very enjoyable chat, and hopefully other people will experience that in the same way and and uh, and will have gotten something out of it in terms of some decent filler for your international break. But as ever, I'm going to wrap it up by just saying a lot on the table there, Dave. As usual, uh, dealt with very well by yourself. Lots of info, loads of feedback. Very enjoyable. So thanks very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.